new podcast to Barrago. This podcast is on country. Ni Gatanguba ni Awabakal Barai, ni Warmai Barai, ni Wanyimbu Wanyimbu. This is Gatang Barai land. Ni Awabako Barai, Awabako country, ni Warmai Barai, Warmai country, ni Wanyimbu Wanyimbu. Always and always. You know, my goal is to make sure that the teams that ultimately I'll be responsible for in the coming years, uh, you know, with, with Adam as the head coach, but along with the director of football, we, we want to instill a culture that, that um, you know, that, that the first thing we want to make sure we do is compete, compete on every play. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of Knights HQ Podcast, brought to you by Maxwell Recruitment and Training. Highly skilled labour hire and real-world training for engineering trades and construction. As always, I'm Jay Nelson. I'm your host here for Knights HQ. Uh, Look, Matty Crokes is still on the off-season. He will be back soon, so for now you've got me. But today is a very special episode. Why is that? Because as far as big guests doesn't get much bigger than this. And we're not talking about how tall the man is. He's a very tall man, but we're just talking about, you know, inside the game. We have our director of football, Peter Parr, on the episode. Peter, mate, thank you for coming in and how are you going? Going well, Joe. Thanks for having me, mate. Mate, as I said, thank you so much for coming in. It's been a big week for the club. Um, we've just got back from uh, a weekend in Sydney where our NRLW side has come back with the title. Um, mate, how was the weekend for you? Oh, it was special. Uh, those, you know, women did unbelievably well for our club um you, you couldn't fault them it was it was a special week uh, they did everything asked of them in the lead up to the game it's uh, it can be a hectic week it's uh, a week there where you can lose a bit of focus particularly you know if you're young and and haven't experienced it before and i thought they handled the week leading into the game wonderfully well thought they handled the game exceptionally well and they're equally as good after the game. Uh, they they handle themselves uh, with humility. Uh, they represented the club uh, with distinction, and yeah, mate, it was a special few days. I was um, very humbled, uh, uh, you know, to be in the background and, and and witness it. Yeah, no, it was same for us. It was <coughs> it was just one of those magical days where it just seemed like everything went our way, and it was just you know a really sort of an icing on the cake for a really successful year for the girls. So you know, one to really remember, um, mate. Look, we're going to talk about a lot of things today, but mostly about you know your upbringing. You're, you're from Newcastle. Uh, you spent a lot of your career up in North Queensland. Um, you were born and raised here. What were your memories growing up in in Newcastle? You know, playing rugby league here and and sort of using that as your uh, I guess your platform to to making the career that you have now. What was uh, you know. Uh I often say to people when I think of my childhood, I, I smile straight away yeah. because yeah, I, I grew up in Stockton, uh, which was a a wonderful little community to to grow up in. Uh, you know, it was typical of a lot of people my age where I you know I played uh, footy in the winter, I played cricket in the summer, uh, I went to the beach in between. Yep. Uh, you know, and we could just uh, roam around Stockton in those days. Uh, uh, you know, with our parents knowing we were safe and had a whole heap of mates that I, that I hung out with. And so it, it was, you know, I didn't know any better. I didn't grow up, obviously, anywhere else other than Stockton. And yeah. mate, I, I loved it. Yeah. I, I absolutely loved it. And then as I got a little bit older and, and um, uh, uh, I went away from Stockton, I always, even in my adult life, played cricket yeah. for Stockton. Yeah. Uh, even, even in my adult years, I, I moved over to uh, and lived in Cooks Hill. 
uh, and then I played I played football for uh, for South Newcastle. Uh, but uh, yeah, growing up in Stockton and around Newcastle was um, yeah, something I really enjoyed. Yeah, yeah. And you're saying there, so you you're, you're an <coughs> avid cricketer. So what 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 sort of got you from one sport to the other? What what got you from cricket to rugby league? Uh, Literally well, the seasons that yeah, was yeah, it. Or yeah, that, that was yeah. it. You know, like I just uh, I just played you know cricket in the summer. I played uh, I played uh, footy in the winter. Um, neither of them particularly well, but I, yeah. but, I <laughs> but I but I enjoyed it and 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 I just I, I love team sport. I love yeah. the camaraderie. Uh, I love uh, you know the, everything that team sport brings. That um, you know um, having your backs mate. Um, Getting to know people, yeah. uh, you know, uh, you know, winning and losing together, uh, you know, and, and some of my, you know, great sporting memories have been, you know, playing cricket for Stockton or or, or rugby league for South Newcastle. They, they were two special clubs and and two clubs that I, you know, I can't wait. The cricket season starts this weekend, I think, and and. Um, at some stage, I'll be over on the ferry to, to watch Stockton play, and uh, awesome. and when South South uh, come back playing, I'll be a regular at Townsend Oval. Oh, that's so good! So, so yeah, talk, uh, great segue. <coughs> talking about Souths, you won two premierships uh, with South Newcastle. Uh, tell us some about uh, tell us a bit of a few stories about the, those times being you know playing on the field and, and winning those two comps. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was that was uh, you know really. Uh, Great time of my life, you know. I was in the early twenties. Uh, uh, we were having a lot of fun. I could imagine, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, we were winning a lot. So yeah, that's always uh, fun know, too. And, and at, uh, you know, we had a great rivalry with Lakes. Uh, we, you know, um, uh, while I was at the club in eighty six, eighty seven, eighty eight. We we played against Lakes in in three grand finals. Played against West in eighty nine. We had a great rivalry with Lakes, but also with with West. That was a a big derby uh, every time we played either at, at Townsend Oval or Harker Oval, and you know back in those days, especially pre nights, you know we we yeah. we draw some pretty significant crowds to to those sorts of games, and uh, and again, but but I got some mates there that that there'll be lifelong friends. You know, Paul Merlo was our coach, Richard Jones uh, was our captain, and uh, they were you know they're two of my favourite people in the world, and um, yeah, just uh, it was just a lot of fun. You yeah. know, like like it was just a a lot of fun. We used to enjoy going to training. We used to enjoy training hard. We used to enjoy, you know, playing on the weekend, and then we used to enjoy having a few beers after the game. It was a, it was, it was a great club. I um, this is a bit before my time, but you might be able to validify this yarn actually. So I was born in '87. The Knights went in the combat '88. I heard that Canberra's franchise in '82 was originally offered to Newcastle in '82, but we knocked it back because of all how much talent we had in the local comp. We didn't want to dilute that. To take that local talent and put it into the um, the national game, um, and then they ga- end up giving that franchise to Canberra, and that's how Canberra got into the comp in '82. Oh, right. I'm not sure if that's 100 percent true or not, but you've just said how good it was in those years and how good the talent pool was. So maybe there was a bit to it. Well, maybe there is a bit to that, and and um, if that's if that's the case, that'd be a bit disappointing with a few more mates who uh, <laughs> who were late twenties that. You know, we, we, you know, they were mid to late twenties when when the knights came in, and yeah. uh, if if the knights had to come around, you know, six three, years earlier, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I reckon a few of my mates uh, um, would have played NRL. I, I played with some guys in that South Newcastle team that uh, uh, I believe could have played NRL. There's yeah, no well. doubt. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. some there were some very good players in that, and in some of the opposition teams we played against as well, mate. But it was yeah. a good comp. 
Yeah, yeah. 100%. Now, um, from that, <coughs> you've gone into rugby league administration, and that's where sort of most of your career has been for the last sort of 20-odd years. What, what got you from being onto the field to having an interest in that side of things? Oh, it was a bit of luck. Um, yeah, really? <laughs> there you go. I, I, I ended up, I, I went to Perth uh, on a, yeah, with a, uh, I got a transfer with, uh, I was working for Telecom back in those days, um, yep. Telstra now. Yeah. Now, it's, it's a long story, but I, I ended up um, somehow the reserve grade coach of the Western Reds in, in the uh, National Rugby League. They only survived three years. But I quickly realised, and, and then I ended up leaving, um, Telstra and uh, taking a full-time job as a coaching and development manager and reserve grade coach with the Western Reds. But yeah. I quickly realised I wasn't a very good coach. Okay. <laughs> I was pretty poor. I was a really good reserve grade coach in the sense that if, if guys came back from um, first grade, uh, I could keep them happy. Gotcha. You know, I, yep. was, I was pretty, you know, I found out I was pretty good at relationships. A lot of sporting teams that I'd been involved in, I was either captain or in the leadership group. And yeah. so I always felt that I had a, a you know, yeah, some, some skill in relationships. Uh, so I, I was good with first grade players that came back, but mate, I was no good at the X's and O's of yeah, it. Yeah, I was yeah. no good at teaching young players to get better. So when you're catching reserve grade, you've got some guys coming back from first grade, but you've also got a whole heap of young players you're trying to develop and make them better and give them an opportunity to play first grade. And I couldn't develop them. I, yeah. I, I didn't have the skill to be able to do that uh, and I was doing them uh, an injustice. So um, I, I, I sort of, uh, you know, uh, fell into a couple of jobs and uh, I found I had a, you know, um, you know, I, I found a liking to and I was better at administration. Um Always felt I had good attention to detail and things like that. So, yeah. um, mate, I, I fell into a couple of jobs, and now here I am. Hey, with yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> Funny how long story. Yeah. Long story short, <laughs> here I am. Yeah. Um, and look, from uh, Western Reds, your you went to the Broncos in two thousand. That was your sort of first taste of a sort of successful organisation. They won the comp that yeah. year. Um, so, how was that experience being at that club? Oh, that was great. You know, was, I went there nineteen ninety nine. Uh, I was there for three years, um, and and you know I learned a lot there. Uh, we won the comp in two thousand. Uh, Wayne Bennett was a coach. Craig Bellamy was the assistant coach. Yeah, uh, they had a pretty handy team too. Yeah, I we, we had a, we had a the, the, the pretty handy side. Sailor Takiri, Lockyer, just to start with. <laughs> Talis, Brad Thorne. Yeah, uh, it was a it was a you know a, a really good team and a really you know good bunch of. Blokes and um, I learned a lot about the Broncos because I always uh, thought, geez, uh, in those days, these Broncos get out of jail a lot, and uh, you know they'd win games at the back end and, yeah. and things like that. But uh, the one thing that um, I learned at the Broncos is the reason that they used to win those games was they competed so hard. So I had a lot of flamboyant players and guys that could do some really skillful things on the field, but. Yeah. But mate, they trained hard and they competed, and it it's, it ran through the organisation. Everybody worked hard. Everybody wanted to the best they you know, wanted to be the best they could be at the Broncos, and Wayne and Craig led that, of course. And yeah. um, it didn't matter what role you did at the um, did at the Broncos. What I found was everybody wanted to be the best they could be in that role, and uh, it's probably the first organisation that I worked at where I actually. You know, saw that it didn't matter 
what role you had, yeah. you know, the organisation expected you to be the absolute best you could be in that role and um, something I took on board there. And you find, you know, from that learning, and lots of people <coughs> talk about talent and that team is oozing with talent across the park. But as you said, how good of that would have been to see that, look, these blokes aren't just resting on how good they are talent-wise. They're actually going, well, that's not going to get us to the promised land. That's not going to get the trophy. Mm. We need to dig into something bigger than that, which is all effort areas, Yeah, which is a lot of how this, I guess, the Newcastle club was built on. There's that link there where, you know, like the old saying is when you went up the F1, now the M1, you knew even if you lost the game or won the game, you knew you had a game of footy because there was always the effort there. Yeah, well, I think in the early days of the Knights, um, there was a stat getting around about after teams played the Knights in Newcastle that they quite often lost the next, the next game. Yeah, 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 I have heard that. Because, you know, they'll say bleed up from, from those blokes. So um, Newcastle was built on that. Mm. I, 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 I was I was here for the early part of the night, so I used to go and watch on a Sunday afternoon on the hill and, uh, you know, it, whenever the Knights played, you, you knew you were in for a hell of a game and, and if you went and watched like I did, you knew, you knew your team was going to have a real crack and, and compete and um, I think, that, you know, skill level's one thing, mate, you know, like, um, y- you know, some some people are just blessed with the skill, aren't they? Others others acquire it through hard work and that. But I think everybody um, can understand. At times, you can get beat by a better team. But what what I, th- I think people, especially in this town, you know, want to see is, is the team get out there and and actually you know yeah. compete and compete hard. And if if you don't win and you get let down by some skill factor or a bit of bad luck or a ref's call or, or bounce of the ball. Or, which will eventually will people, inevitably happen people, every yeah, week. Yeah. People will always accept that. Yeah, people exactly will always right. accept that. Or they'll get over it quicker. Yeah, yeah. You know, they'll, they'll get over the initial disappointment and get home on a Sunday night and go, well, you know what, you know, that was a bit unlucky, but geez, I had a crack. But um, that's something that, uh, you know, the early nights teams were all about. And, um, mm. you know, my goal is to make sure that the teams that ultimately I'll be responsible for in the coming years, uh, you know, with, with Adam as the head coach, but. I'm the director of football. We we want to instill a culture that that um, you know that that the first thing we want to make sure we do is, is compete and compete on every play. Yeah, fantastic. And look, <coughs> we're going to go to your Cowboys years now, <coughs> uh, where you spent you know a good sort of majority of your career. You talk about instilling that stuff in the Knights. This is obviously something that you've done <coughs> at the Cowboys previous. You've had a lot of different roles there. You know, as I said, you, there was a lot of years there. Um, what attracted you to, first of all, to go to North Queensland? And sort of what was the, I guess, the state of the club when you got there? Because, you know, it obviously was a building process to take to, to where it is sort of now. Yeah, yeah. Look, um, you know, I went there because, you know, News Corp owned, uh, they owned, were the majority shareholder of the Broncos. And uh, halfway through 2001, um, they were 50% owners of the Cowboys and ended up with 100% ownership, okay. uh, which is a bit of a long story. Yeah. Uh, and asked me to go there for three or four years. They had a, uh, a plan to uh, try and sort um, the Cowboys out. Um, they, they were struggling in a number of areas uh, back then. Uh, and they wanted to get the club back to either you know break even money-wise or, or returning a small profit. Yep. And then they once they stabilised the finances of the club, uh, News always had a plan to uh, to sell the club, and they wanted me to part be part of a group of people that 
come in and uh, try and do that. So I was excited by that challenge. Um, uh, I was going to get a bit more autonomy than, than I had at the Broncos. So uh, I decided it would be a, um, a really good challenge and a good move for me. Uh, it took us, um, you know, in the first six years, 2007, you know, we were able to uh, make a decent profit. I was, I was CEO by that time and we played in, I think, two prelim finals and a grand final in those six years. Um, so, Which is a huge effort <coughs> in six years since you got there, yeah, like was, considering yeah, where yeah. it was. That's crazy. Yeah, 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 they did really, really well, you know, because I think the first seven years they'd won three wooden spoons and so we were able to turn it around fairly quickly and, and then... Uh, we were able to um, sell the club uh, to our leagues club, which was the community ownership that um, uh, that News Corp were looking for, and uh, it took a bit longer than uh, than we anticipated. To, to you know, it was a three or four year commitment. Ended up six years, um, and then um, you know, I had the opportunity. Then News were quite happy to uh, for me to go elsewhere to one of their other organisations, but. By that stage, I'd become attached to Townsville. Uh, I'd become attached to, to North Queensland. I was very close to the chairman, a guy called Lawrence Lancini. Yeah. And uh, I wanted to win a comp there. But I yeah. didn't think it'd take another eight years. <laughs> <laughs> but it did, 2015. And, like, <coughs> mate, what a memorable night. Like, you know, even, like, I've told you this story before. Even I remember being out in grand final night that night and, you know, two Queensland teams... I'm a staunch New South Welshman. I was like, yeah, okay, cool. You know, I'll, I'll chuck it on and have a glance. But by that last 10 minutes, you were glued to the screen. I can't imagine what it was like on the sideline seeing that all unfold. Yeah, it was hectic. Uh, particularly, you know, uh, you know, the last couple of minutes and then golden point and interchanges and that. So for me, you know, I, I, I run, you know, you know, most of my time at the Cowboys when I wasn't CEO, I'd, I'd run the sideline yeah, there, yeah. you know, make sure everything was in place and... So for me, it was it, it was you know really hectic yeah, few minutes and making imagine. sure everything was in place and we, we weren't breaking any rules or anything like that and uh, yeah but it was a it was a, a special night mate and one that you know um, you know we needed to to win because I, I just think in that that era of, of the Cowboys around you know 2012 through to about 2017 2018 you know we. And even before two thousand and five, we probably should have won that grand final. Yeah. Um, but in that period, I was just talking about we, we probably had a few chances to maybe win another couple of premierships. Yeah. You know, we a couple of things went against us. We didn't play our best footy. Uh, so it was on reflection that was a really important night for the club because we'd been there or thereabouts. I think we played in my time. We probably played in about six prelim finals yeah, b- wow. before that, and so it was really important that we. Kind we of got the result yeah. because if we didn't get the result and we came up empty-handed in 16 and 17, 16 we got beaten a prelim, 17 we got beaten the grand final, we we would have come up with a with nothing for, you know, yeah. uh, which, which would have been a, a really, sh- you know, big shame given the amount of times we were at, at the back end of the competition. So, yeah, right. no, it was a great night. And it was a great night for the region, you know, like... You know, no different to when Newcastle won their two premierships. You know, it's more than just Townsville for yeah. for us. It's Cairns, Mackay, Mount Isa, every town in between. You represent the people. You know, you you understand how much the team means to the community. Uh, so it's more than the team. It's more than the club. It's more than the town. It's a it's it's the region, mate. And and I remember I, I was reading an article <coughs> on, in the um, I think it was the Courier or something 
back in the day and they interviewed you and this is around the time they won the comp and you said the same thing but you said uh north queenslanders don't mind to drive meaning the people that were coming to home games were driving sometimes an hour two hours yeah. just to get to a home game to watch the team play 10 hours you know that 10 out like come on 10 hours that's in, so, it's incredible so the you know when i was uh ceo of the uh, the cowboys and then i think the stat is, is hovered around the same but just just over thirty percent of people that, that that attend games for the Cowboys travel more than an hour to get there. Yeah, you know, and and the, and the Cowboys are, are you know worth tens of millions of dollars each year to the to the economy. Yeah, so it's a it's a special place, yeah. And there's, there's lots of rivalries in in North Queensland. You know, there's Cairns versus Townsville, Townsville versus Mackay, all these yeah, different rivalries, gotcha. but the the Cowboys bring everyone together. It's a, it, it's yeah. A, yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a special yeah. time in my life, mate. And for those yeah. people that are driving ten hours to finally win a comp, and as you said, it just put a stamp on there to say, look, yeah, there's the trophy to show how much work we've done and what we've done through those years, which yeah. would have been you know fantastic. Yeah, oh, it was fantastic. You know, it was just a, just a, a wonderful night, wonderful you know week or two afterwards. You know, the players went around North Queensland with the trophy and just uh yeah, just a wonderful time to be involved with the club. And as I said, mate, we. You know, we probably think we we probably should have got at least one more if if we had yeah. played our best footy or even maybe a couple more. But we got one. So we well, I was going to say, let's be that, honest, the one yeah. that you got was a pretty good <laughs> pretty one. Special that night. Is pretty crazy. <laughs> um, look, <coughs> let's come closer to home now. As I said, I'm a very staunch New South Welshman. You've got a beautiful shade of blue on your shirt today. You're part of the New South Wales Origin team. For people that don't know, what's your role uh, inside the the State of Origin arena? Uh, well, I. The, the first uh, um, couple of years, I was just the team manager. Yep. Uh, and then the last couple of years, uh, before I accepted this role at the Knights, I, I, I had a, a, a more significant part-time role with them where I, I, I headed up the um, origin and pathways programs for both the, the men's and women's. So anything to do with origin uh, for both the male and female teams, I, I headed up. Yep. Uh, and, and included that that was... Uh, managing the the men's side as well, so so basically over the last five years since Brad Fittler's been the coach, I've yep. I've managed the New South Wales Blues team. Amazing, and there's been some good times. We had it, we had a we <coughs> had a few dark years there, but look, look, the last few ones have been have been not too bad. Well, we we've you know we've been able to compete in in every game. I think that's um, what's five years, fifteen games. Yep. Well, I don't think there's been a game that New South Wales haven't been in. Correct. You know, e- even this year, you know, that decider in um, in Brisbane where, where ben, ben Hunt ran away, I think we were four behind and lost by ten, but that's yeah. the biggest we've ever lost. Um, and, and we've had some, you know, we've had some great victories, you know, uh, some, you know, some really significant win. We had the Tedesco score yeah. in the 79th yeah. minute to, to win that game. We went up to Townsville and, uh, and belted Queensland by 50. Um, that series, we, we beat Queensland 26-0 at home. Yep. Like, like We played all three games in, in Queensland, Queensland yeah. and won the series. So uh, oh, New South Wales are in a good place for, for the next few years, mate. They've got some, some really talented players and, and, and not only talented players. I'll tell you about that New South Wales team. They've got some really good blokes in that team and yep. and they're superbly led by Freddie. Um, I couldn't be more impressed with what he does. Yeah, and hopefully, look, next year, you know, <coughs> barring injury, our, our squad is full strength again and we can uh, hopefully bring the shield back because... Uh, Latrell and Turbo would help. <laughs> look, let's be honest. <laughs> they weren't there, but we're not using that as an excuse. No, no, you can't use you can't it as use an excuse, excuse but, but they would help. We would, you know, open arms would welcome them back 100%. Now, mate, look, 
this is kind of a big question, I guess. And, you know, I know there's so many facets, so many moving parts to a footy club. But you've come back to Newcastle. You know, we're, we're searching for success. We want some more success here at the club. What do you feel are, I guess, the pillars that you build a successful rugby league club on? Uh, that's a really good question. You know, there's some pillars and then there's, you know, what, yeah, what happens. the subcategories of that, <laughs> yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, first of all, you know good people. Yeah. I think the first pillar has to be your people. Um, whether they're, they're staff members, uh, whether they're players, um, the, the first thing that, that I look for is is good people. Hard to win with dickheads. <laughs> <laughs> that might be quote of the year. <laughs> yeah, no, fair call. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, 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 mate, mate, if I go back to, to, to Stockton Cricket Club and, yeah. and South Newcastle, that, that's not at this level, but it's still the same yeah. same principle. So you need people, you need good people. Then then you need some, you know, your other pillar has to be around your, your systems, about, you know, uh, how everything operates, you know, to make sure that people have the, the proper resources to be able to do their jobs properly. So you, you, need, you need good people, you need good systems, uh, you need some talent. Yeah. Okay. There's there's no doubt about that. People will tell you that one of your your big pillars has to be your culture. Cultures are, you know that that means a lot to different people. But but to me, for me, it's around making sure that everybody you got good people, you got good clarity on what they're supposed to do. Uh, you give them resources to do their job, and and then you you have some systems in place where they're um, you, you've got a. An environment where people can be honest, yeah. uh, where they're accountable, uh, where they feel safe. You know, um, you know, it, rugby league's a ruthless in- industry. So you know, when they um, and there's a lot of external pressure. So when when people come to work, you know, you know, the environment at work needs to be, you know, a, a, a safe place for them. Yeah, um, for sure. that, that's probably not a pillar, but that's sort of the environment no, I'm 100%. talking about. You know, so so one of the pillars. I, I suggest would be the the environment you create as well. So you know, people, systems, environment, um, talent. Yeah. Uh, hard to win without talent, mate. And 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 I just don't mean the players in that in that um, uh, category. You know, it's a whole club. Yeah. You know, you and Jimmy that are here today. You know, you got to have talent with with what you guys do. Uh, people, you know, membership, sponsorship, uh, all those areas, finance. You know, you need you need talented, hardworking, good people. It, it's not. I'm not telling you anything that uh, is rocket science, but that's what I base it on. So if you ask me the key pillars, I'd go, I'd go people, I'd go the environment, I'd go talent, um, yeah. And then from and that, and then and then the subsections underneath that, which is you know, um, you know how you behave, uh, how you go about your business, how you treat other people. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I'd like to think that you know what I've learned over over the years that if. If your first thought, Jay, is is for somebody else, then you're going to be okay. Yeah, you know, right. like uh, you know, so we want to have a we want to have an environment where um, your first thoughts not about yourself. Your first thoughts about your teammate and what's best for the team, or what's best for the club, or what's best for your work colleague, not not what's best for you, or not what's best for me. And 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 I think if if you can have a pillar where where people are. Uh, their, their first instinct is for somebody else, and uh, how that will make their life better. Well, then you'll create an environment where you where you can win. 
Yeah, and everything will grow naturally from that. If if if, if that's your well, foundation, then <coughs> you don't even have to. You know, obviously things you got to maintain things as as things move and and you know, as you said, rugby league's a ruthless it, thing, so it's always moving and things are changing. But yeah. as long as that's the foundation, you well, know, that, that's things what will grow. Like, you know, other other people will will do it. You know, they, they, you know, you could you could bring in another half a dozen people. They might give you a different answer, but that's yeah. how yeah, that, that's how I see it, and that's how I I learnt. You know, I learnt that when I when I was young, and and as I said at the beginning of this, you know, that's that's one of the reasons I love team sport and the team environment is that that people often uh, have your back, and um, you know, and that's a and it's a great feeling. So so you know, I. I I, I always try to create an environment where where people within the organisation is that their their first thought is not about themselves but about um, somebody else, their, their work colleague or their their teammate, and and how we can how we can make it a better place because it can be a lot of fun. There's a lot of pressure in rugby league, but also be yeah, a lot of fun. One hundred percent. Now, look, <coughs> you've only been here a short time, and you've just talked about sort of the things that you feel are the most important. Have you been able to sort of start implement those things already, or is there anything you've been able to do that you feel is going to sort of get us onto that path where that's going to be starting reality? Well, I'm just trying to get things stable at the moment, and and I had a really hectic start, and as you know, mate. So we don't need to go over that, like like yeah. both professionally and personally, as you know. Yeah. And uh, you know that um, you know I had a couple of things that set me back a little yeah. bit, and uh um uh, so but but I feel like we're getting some traction now, and I feel like the 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 staff and the players understand uh what I'm about and where I'm coming from and uh, uh we we understand we've got a fair bit of uh work to do but what 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 the staff and the players are aware of you know in my short time here is is what i uh what I will tolerate and what I won't tolerate yeah um you know, you probably get a, a, a gist of that. Yeah, one hundred percent. You know, and I'm pretty clear on the standards I want, and um, you know, I expect that that, that people follow them, and uh, we we need to make sure. You know, that the first thing that I've been trying to implement is, well, how are we going to get, you know, our club into a top four yep. position where you, where you're challenging for the premiership? Because you know, everybody says we got to have some small steps and get. You know, get up that way, and and I agree with that. You know, you got to go in small chunks, but you've got to have a view of you know what does what does top four look like? What, yeah. what does what does a, a really good winning environment look like? And um, I'd like to think that I, I know that because I, I've had a bit of success at, at different clubs and Cowboys in particular, but I've also had some some poor years, mate. Yeah. So I, I I know you can see the, the, the yeah, high I, and the I, low. I can see yeah. the high and the low, and. Um, uh, so I, I think in my short time here, I've been able to uh, instill um, my own beliefs in, into the group, and uh, everybody knows where they stand, and uh, uh, they know the standards that we need to um, aspire to. Yeah, and look, you know, last year for the men, it wasn't the best season, and obviously you've been here for a little while now. What are some of the things that you've seen in the men's team that have given you a bit of, you know? the positives that you've seen out of it that that you know that we can build it and you know visualize and, and get to the point where we are a top four side well <coughs> the men's team um I, I was here for five games and whilst they they didn't they won the first one i was here and then lost lost the last four yeah but i would have thought that um just about in all of them they competed very hard yeah they um they led Canberra by 20. Mm. Uh, didn't kick any goals. I think kicked one from five. Um, 
and they were in the game against the Sharks, who who finished second yeah, for, for a hell of a long time. Uh, and we played a game against Brisbane in Brisbane where we didn't play particularly well with the football, but, geez, we hung in defensively. So there's some... I've seen some real effort areas. You know, people by that stage, by the time I got here, they couldn't make the finals. Yeah, people gotcha. had nearly just written them off. And so when they're losing, a lot of people say to me, oh, it's lost again and all yeah. that. But if you, if you dug a bit deeper into those games, there was actually some some really good things to like. And, you know, we had a number of injuries, you yeah. know, which, as, well, you, we had, as you alluded to to New South yeah. Wales, like, you, you can't use that as no. an excuse. But, but against... The Sharks, for instance, I think it was 15, 16 players out. Yeah. Um, that day against Canberra uh, that I alluded to, there was a number of players out. We lost that, that game. We lost Daniel Saifidi the day before with COVID and Tyson Frizzell in the warm-up. Yeah, yeah. What are the odds? And then we had Oren come on to yeah, make his yeah, debut. Yeah, we yeah. didn't even know. Yeah, and then yeah, he's yeah. on the field, yeah. yeah. And, 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 and so in, there was a lot to like in a few of those games from an, an, an effort point of view. I actually said, if you go back to what I talked about before, you know, about effort, and then if you get beat by skill, well... So be it, yeah. You've you got to accept that sometimes. So um, there, there's been enough there for me to uh, to like. I, I've seen the way they conduct themselves around training and around the, uh, the the training facility and the way they interact with each other and, and other people, and I've been impressed by that. So... Mm. Um, it, it's not all, all um, it's not all doom and gloom. I yeah. think that um, uh, even if we weren't to change the roster, that um, uh, we'll get some uplifting performance just um, with what by keeping our, our better players on the paddock yeah. and uh, and by lifting some of the standards that, that I that I talk to about. You know, they're, they're not that they're poor, but we just need to, to raise the intensity a bit with a few things. Yeah, and look before we take our first break, <laughs> um, you know, we just talked about last season. You were here for the last five games. Now we're looking towards to pre-season. Uh, November, the boys will be back. Um, what are you looking for in pre-season? What, what, what are you trying to sort of tick off, you know, straight away to sort of make sure we're, we're starting on the right foot? Well, that won't have a lot to do with me. They'll have a lot to do with the, with the performance staff and the, and the coaching staff. But it, it'd be the same as any pre-season uh, that I... I've been involved with um, as an administrator. I'll be looking for players to, to really put in. You know, yeah. pre-seasons are notoriously tough. Um, we need uh, – what I'd like to see is our guys really invested in getting better. Um, and, and when I say getting better, that's just not skill acquisition. That's about getting physically fitter, about doing recovery, you know, really well. Uh, I'll, I'll be looking for the attention to detail stuff. I, I, th- I think when you – have a poor year, sometimes that, that attention to detail can fray. You can start ticking a box rather than just be invested in what you're supposed to be doing, whether that be extras, whether that be recovery, whether that be a diet, whether it be hydration, whether it be your sleep. So um, I, I'll, I'll be looking to make sure that, that, that our players are invested in, in the program, uh, that their attention to detail is good, um, and that they're trying to to do everything they can um, to lift every part of the environment, so that we're we're starting to build to towards um, some standards that can really improve their football. Yeah, no, amazing. Well, look, we're at our first <laughs> break. Thank you again, Peter Parr, mate. That was great going through. We went through a lot there. We went through from. Jeez, like, you've had me under the <laughs> pump, <pump-pump>, man. <laughs> We went from Stockton Ferry all the way through to the GF, so no, we, we covered some ground. Um, look, we'll be back after this. You're listening to the Knights HQ podcast. Knights HQ is brought to you by Maxwell Recruitment and Training. 
providers of engineering and construction labour to the hunter for over a decade. Welcome back to Knights HQ podcast brought to you by Maxwell Recruitment and Training. We're here with Peter Parr, our Director of Football. Thanks again for coming on, mate. Right, loving it. It's been a great, great chat. Um, Look, we're going to go into our our last little segment here. We call it Three Goats. We normally call it Three Goats with Croaks, but Croaks isn't here, so we're just going with Three Goats. Three Goats. Goats meaning the greatest of all time. Thank you. (laughs) You're in. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Mate, we want to talk about halfbacks. You've been in the game a long time. Before my time, I've got my three, but we're going to ask you. So if you had three halfbacks to choose from all time, who are you going with? And elaborate or not elaborate as much as you want. That's a tough question. Yeah, there's a lot of good ones out there. A lot of good halfbacks. There's two two obvious ones for me. Okay, two obvious ones for me. One one from Newcastle, Andrew Johns. We know that guy, yes. (coughs) Second one would be... Jonathan Thurston. Okay. So there's, yep. there's two. And I was guessing as much that those two would make an appearance. Then there's, you know, because I go way back with uh, Ricky Stewart, Peter Sterling, yeah. Cooper Cronk. The third one is hard because all yeah. of those guys are fantastic. But if I if I had to go for a third one, geez, Stewart and Sterling were great players. Cronk was a great player. But... If I had to go for a third one, I'd go with Alan Langer. Yeah, Alfie. Yep, I'd great go with choice. Alf because I, I just think that Alf, he could just he could change a game in a yeah. in a flash. Alf, um, great, great, and tough short, man. Tough. short kicking game, tough, yeah. uh, tackled well. Uh, so I would go. Can I, no particular yeah. order. Yeah, no, no, no order. But just you, you three. Yeah, John's Thurston and Alfie Langer. And can I give an honourable mention to? Uh, uh, Todd Donaldson, uh, South Newcastle, halfback 1988, and Bradley Guy, South Newcastle, halfback hey, 1989. You, sh- <laughs> <laughs> you sure can. Back to back. Honourable mention back to, to those back. two guys. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no. uh, and boys, I'm sure they're listening, fans yeah. of the show. So, g'day, fellas. Um, and now, man. Well, yeah, I'm putting Joey in 100%, and I'm putting him at number one, and I don't care if he wants to fight me on that one. Um, see, I'm a, see, I'm, I'm different era. I'm different now. I, I don't go about that far. So I'm going to go Joey. I'm going to go... Yeah, I'm going to have to put JT in as well, for sure. Third. See, yeah. See, I started watching at the end of those guys. You, you, well, mm-hmm. I think Sterler was retired when I started watching footy, which was around sort of mid-90s, early 90s. Oh, you got to make a decision. Ricky... He was uh, see Ricky played through to like two thousand right ish, ish. I'm thinking. Um, Cooper Cronk played nine grand finals, didn't he? Yeah, I'm gonna, you'd probably say Cronk, even though that, even though he broke my heart so many times in that Queensland jersey and in that Melbourne jersey. I know Gids did kick it from the sideline one time against them, which was pretty magical. So yeah, no, I'll, I'll put Cronk in. I'll put Cronk in. Um, working with JT, actually, you had a big deal in signing JT to the Cowboys, hey. Like you, oh, yeah. huge hand in that, right? Yeah. Did, what, what did you yeah. see in him? Because at the time he wasn't really, you know, looked at as you know what he turned into be. So you must have seen uh, something in him. This comes back to obviously to all your uh, things you're talking about about the good people and knowing that you're building something with you know he's good a personnel. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's a. R- <laughs> um, he um, he was what we were looking for at that time. So so, yeah. so recruitment. And, when you when you bring people in, it's what you're actually looking for at the time. So, 
Graham Murray was a coach uh, of North Queensland then, and um, Muzz and I were were talking about what we needed, and, and, and along with News Limited, who who had um, you know a, a say with, with yeah. people on the board who were very helpful to us, and. What we were looking for at the time was a half, yeah. five eight, five eight in particular, and um, we're looking to bring. You know, Townsville's a very isolated place, so at that particular time, it was hard to attract players, players up, up there. Townsville, yeah, gotcha. so we're also looking for ex well Queenslanders who were living in Sydney and trying to you know buy the farm back if you like. Yeah. So Jonathan was playing five eight for the for the Bulldogs reserve grade, and you know carving up. Yeah, and we also knew that he was a, a Queenslander, so he, he he fitted the bill with with what we were we were looking for. So um, he was also stuck behind um, Brent Sherwin and Brayton Astor. Yeah, and and the Bulldogs, now they got a lot of criticism for letting Jonathan go, but they had two yeah, all outstanding halves. Uh, well, they won the Comp in '04, and <laughs> the famous story of yeah. him giving his ring to Steve, Steve Price. Price. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so we. We went and met with Jonathan. Uh, we probably offered um, a little bit more money than what he probably, um, you know... Like his market value yeah, was at the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah, what his market value was. But we were really desperate to get somebody into the halves um, and uh, we knew that he was um, stuck behind those two guys and, and we, could, we could provide him some financial... Uh, Security and we yeah. could um, offer him an opportunity, and um, so and and he got an opportunity to come back to Queensland. So we felt we had a good case, and uh, thankfully for for us, um, he accepted. Mate, and what a what a signing <laughs> <laughs> turned out to be the right thing to do. <laughs> yeah, well, it worked, and I think that it worked out good for him as well. Yeah, you know, it wasn't you know he he has been you know great for for the Cowboys. I also think Jonathan's been. You know, wonderful for North Queensland because I think you know if you went if you went around Australia and asked people what's the first thing they think of North Queensland, probably say Jonathan Thurston, one hundred percent. You know, so I think he's been enormous for the town. But but I also think um, uh, the Cowboys and, and Townsville were were a good fit for for him at that time as well. And uh, uh, you know, I think it was the right. Right club for him too, and and he'd admit that I reckon. Yeah, one hundred percent. Well, mate, look, thank you so much for today. Um, you know, we're so happy to have you here. You know, your record speaks for itself. It's immaculate, and you know, anything that you can bring to this club that's going to help us get to where we want to go. I'm sure that you know the fan base and everyone that's listening now is, is truly grateful that you've come down, and uh, you know, we're really looking forward to seeing you at work, and 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 hopefully getting us to where we want to go. Well, mate. Um it won't be through lack of trying, I no. can tell you, Jay. Uh, you know, uh, I, I'm excited to be home. Yeah, uh, I, I really am. Uh, I'm excited to be at the club. Um, the people of Newcastle so far, uh, you know, couldn't have been better to me uh, since since I've arrived. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to trying to build something special for, for everyone involved. So, looking forward to it, mate. Mate, thanks again. Now, guys, you can subscribe and leave a review on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen to our entire back catalogue of Knights HQ on our website. New episodes are dropping first on our app as well. So, you can download the app, turn on push notifications, be notified the second a new episode drops. Once again, thank you to Maxwell Recruitment and Training for bringing you this episode of the pod. We will see you on the next one. Cheerio.